0: There's a whole lot of things. has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alexian
1: Taffy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gender Stories. I am thrilled to introduce Marcel Bird. Marcel is a 25-year-old dancer and public health activist that has been living in the Washington, D.C. area for a little more than three years. Marcel is an avid lover of health equity, dance, and social justice. Marcel aims to better health and wellness outcomes through creativity and access to the arts. And I met Marcel at the Podcast Movement Conference last July, and we just really, I would say, we hit it off. I don't know, yes, Marcel. Yes, did. Did.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yes. And
1: uh, we had wonderful conversations. We realized we had some things in common because I do have a past in kind of public health and specifically in kind of HIV prevention and research. And then we just had the, just the most fabulous time at the dance party on the last evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, here we are. And now we get to have a conversation um, about dance. So welcome, Marcel. Thank you so much for yes. being on the show. Of
0: course, of course, yes, thank you so much for having me, and yeah, I just, yeah, once, when we met at that conference, I was like, this is amazing, this relationship, we need to definitely keep in touch, and also, we slayed it on the dance floor at that goodbye party, people were honestly like, we like we started that shit, like, for real, so.
1: We did, it, didn't we, and then everybody was in it, but anyway.
0: Right, but but it was us, you know, <laughs> trailblazing, but whatever, it's
1: fine, uh, you know, it's just just what we do. Just right. that fabulousness we bring everywhere, <laughs> Hello? right? And and we both love dance, which is you know we both love dance, and we both love public health mm. <laughs> and, as well as podcasting. So this time we're really kind of wanting to talk about dance a little more. So why don't we start with kind of tell me a little bit more about your passion for dance and mm. how you got into dancing.
0: Mm. So it's so so funny that you, that you asked that. So, um, yes, I guess some context on me. Yeah. Like I said, like you mentioned in, in my introduction, yeah, I'm 25 years old. Um, I live in DC right now, but I'm actually originally from Atlanta, Georgia. So, um, it's funny growing up, I didn't necessarily, actually really didn't like dancing. Like I like always felt kind of uncomfortable whenever, you know, there was any sort of like school dances or anything like that mainly just because like, well, one, I feel like everyone around me just danced really well. Like, I, like people around me just had rhythm and, like, you know, there were always these dance crazes that people knew how to do. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know how to crank that soldier boy. Like, I'm overwhelmed. So like, I, I just remember just being like, this is, like, I, I just remember it was a little intimidating. Um, and so I feel like I didn't really find my dance voice until I was about maybe, like, 17 or so. Um, and I think what allowed me to sort of tap into sort of that e- mode of expression is that, I just became more comfortable sort of in my own sort of sexual orientation, gender identity. Like, you know, my my ideas around those markers of identity just like augmented. And so I think that allowed me access into this mode of expression. Because I think one of the reasons why I never really felt comfortable dancing was because it, w- it felt very gendered a lot of the times, like the ways in which people move their bodies. And like, I just felt like the avenues that were presented to me didn't necessarily always feel congruent. Sometimes it did, but not at the same time and so i don't know it just i felt like it kind of took me a while to sort of get into it but once i was 17 i remember very specifically i was like it was junior year of high school it was like the homecoming dance and i was like my like usual like awkward like cactus self like at the dance like "Mm," like i'm gonna dance as little as possible and like everyone's like getting it like getting down fucking it up and i was like i'm overwhelmed and then i remember they played this like what was it it was like some daft punk song like some like like techno like kind of electronic type of song and like at the time like I was very into that I was super into that and so all of a sudden it's like it's like I was like possessed like I just started like doing the robot like out of control and everyone was like is Marcel dancing is this shit really is this shit really happening right now and like ever since that moment it's like I went from zero to a hundred it's like I went from being like I don't want to dance at all to like literally every song I was just like what like just like getting it and I was like where is any of this coming from and so that was kind of I guess like how I got just comfortable with dance as like just a just something that I could do sort of publicly um because before that I sort of would dance in my room like in private but like that was the first time I really felt comfortable doing it publicly and then once I got to college went to school in Chicago um my sophomore year I want to say um is when I first I guess started taking like sort of started doing dance and like I guess like a classical sort of like training type of thing. so that's when I um my first ever dance class that I ever took yeah I was 19 um it was a beginner modern class um that sort of focused on like Catherine um Dunham technique or whatever and so basically yeah so that was the first um class I took and then I took another modern class later that year and then from there I kind of would take classes here and there just sort of like you know as I had availability and stuff like that and then recently when I moved to DC back when I think this maybe in 20, like end of 2016, early 2017, I found a studio here um, that teaches like, modern west african hip-hop um jazz classes so that's when i really started to sort of branch out and try different styles and then it just similarly went from zero to 100 like i just started taking all the classes and doing all the things so now i'm just like obsessed and like i've kind of got to the point where like you know i perform more often i'm taking more styles i'm just like getting more vocabulary into my body so so that's kind of my my history i didn't necessarily you know grow up like dancing either in a classical sense or in a personal sense. Um, But yeah, just as I got older, I just felt more comfortable doing it. And I've been kind of doing it off and on for the past, I guess now six years, Um, but like super duper consistently for the past like two years. So, so
1: yeah. That's wonderful. I love that story because there are so many elements. When you were talking about that, I was like, Oh, I relate to that. I relate to that. I remember when I first transitioned and presented more masculine, it was like, I've forgotten how to move. Because I felt like the way that was expected to move was incongruent with my body and then I had to that point of going, fuck it, I'm just gonna move the way I want Mm. And I love that in your story where you know, there's that moment where the music moved you at that point where, you know, I love what you say, it was like I was possessed and I was like, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, The dance moved through you Um, mm. and, and you said a little bit about how you getting comfortable with your own gender identity and sexual orientation, kind of those experiences really important and kind of made a difference for you. Can you tell me a little bit more about how kind of how dance is, gen- how gender intersects with dance basically? What's gender got to do with dance and dance with gender in your mm. experience? Yeah.
0: So the ironic thing is that, so, so to me, I think by definition, dance is something that, you know, sort of outside of any context, should be like like folks being able to move their bodies in whatever way they want to. And that can be in response to music or not. It can be response you know to nature, to, you know, whatever it is that motivates you to move, just like moving in whatever way. Um, but growing up, it was interesting because I think that, you know, I think gender really, it felt overwhelming in a lot of ways. Like, you know, there was a very particular way that like, you know, boys were expected to move. There was this particular way that girls were expected to move. um, in the sense that like, you know, for me, like if I wanted to like, you know, sway my hips more or like, even like something like flexing my wrists and things like that, like things that like could be read as more feminine, people would like, it, it, it it would kind of give people pause or like, it would be something that like, you know, it would just, it would seem, it, it, it was something that like, it was kind of like okay, you can express yourself, but like to this point, and like once you start kind of like doing things that like you know we assign as like uh, you know I guess like a form of gender, but performance that like we mm-hmm. don't perceive your body as like being congruent with, like that's when when like we take problems with that. Is um, so I think that like that pressure has always been really stifling in a lot of ways, but once I kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just gonna dance in whatever way I feel comfortable doing. It's funny to the point is now it's like, I don't really classify what I do as like, Oh, is this masculine? Like, is this feminine? Is this like more androgynous? Like I just like, I'm like, I just am doing whatever. And it's interesting though, because like, since then, I've noticed that like the way people respond to it, like the way that I dance is like usually very appreciative, actually. Like people tend to be like, Oh yeah. Like I really like the way they move. Like it's like that heightened authenticity I think has allowed me to like kind of access various um, opportunities, which I mean, it's certainly not the case with everyone, but I think it's it's just kind of noteworthy. But um, but it's interesting because even now, like as I take dance and sort of a more sort of like, I guess training, classical sense, you know, the ballets, the moderns, the things like that. It's like, it's, I think right now, especially as you like sort of start doing a style and like kind of get more involved with it, like everyone kind of starts out in the same place. Like there's not really like mm-hmm. a gender difference, but you sort of notice that sometimes various teachers or various choreographers will adjust things based on um what they perceive your gender to be so they'll say like okay at this point of the combination like we want the woman to do this like guys to do this and I'm kind of like that seems a little gross like I like always kind of hate when that's a thing or like even and I think sometimes really you see it more so I guess in performances than you do in class Mm. so like and if you're performing um there'll be pieces where, you know, things are, like everyone does the same thing. And then there are pieces where like, there are these kind of like gender diversions. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that also sometimes in a classical sense, you know, um, I mean, you think about things like ballet, for example, like, you know, typically when you think of someone that's like a ballet dancer that like identifies as a man, like, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of will expect this person to play this more. It's still kind of like, it's like graceful, but still kind of like sort of this masculine role or like you know they'll be expected to like lift dancers and things like that like kind of take on these commissions that like I don't know it's like the way they're expected to move is just it's just kind of different um and that's not it, again I think it's just like it kind of varies from style to style from like person to person choreographer choreographer it's not always like that but I think that like gender is something that like kind of has a huge impact on things I mean I've literally I remember being and in, it's interesting actually I remember one of my so my, so the jazz teacher that I met two years ago, who I've like very consistently always taken classes with, he's amazing. I like love him so much. I remember it was interesting. We were talking about performance and stuff like that. And he said to me in a way that like, I still, like I was, I kind of had an interesting time sort of processing this, but he was like, you know, he was like, yeah, like, you know, Marcel, I love the way you move. Like you're very authentic. You have a lot of fun. Like it's like very like fun the way you move your body, but like, you know, just because, like, I mean, he has, like, this very established career. Like, he's danced with, like, Avin Ailey, like, all of that. He's like, I just want you to know, like, if you want to – if you get into, you know, dance sort of in a more professional way, um, you might have to – you might work with people who might take issue with sometimes the way that you move your body. Or they might, you know – like, sometimes you might have to be a little – like less feminine or be more masculine in certain respects. It's just something that like will come up. So I don't want this to like surprise you in any way. Just like obviously keep doing you, but like it might prove challenging depending on who you work with. I just want you to just know that. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, thank you for that tip. But also it was kind of like, Interesting, because I was like, I figure, you know, in a in an artistic space, like I I always I guess assume that people would be more progressive, or people would sort of like, you know, that like, like it, it's like this is a mode of expression that like you know should allow us to like explore different possibilities, to explore different realities, like to like put ourselves in a different space. So it's it, so it's interesting that even in this space, like we're still bound by this like sort of gender normative like binary view of like how people should move their bodies. Um, and I think that, like, there are choreographers and people that are doing amazing things, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. folks who are, like, really actively challenging those roles. But for the most part, there, there are still sort of these expectations there um, that you kind of will find in a more sort of performance choreographic space rather than, like, I guess, in, in, in class. Um, so, yeah.
1: Which is interesting because that space is kind of also the space that kind of, in some ways, perpetuates culture you know, Mm -hmm. there's this culture that is perpetuated and and when you see I remember um, um, the first time that I saw like a choreography that kind of played with some of this kind of binary expectations Mm -hmm. with some kind of femme presenting dancers, for example, lift um, Mm -hmm. somebody else or, you know, or male dancers kind of dance together and lift each other, right? It was like I remembered my body just having this moment of like this relief washing over me, right? This expansion, this this bigger sense of possibility that mm-hmm. I didn't get from more classical performance of either ballet or modern dance, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. a lot of the earlier you said you're expanding your your dance vocabulary, right? I think this mm-hmm you and the I love that you use the word word vocabulary because that's really how I look at kind of dance and movement this vocabulary that we want to expand so that you know in part of dancing professionally and and performances it's kind of seen that expansion and mm-hmm. then to, to feel that gender is kind of I don't know um then sometimes this gender normati- normativity kind of shuts things down that's right. appearing in in some of um, what you were sharing that sometimes these expectations kind of make um, that make things a little bit smaller which is interesting because that was the next question I was going to ask you which is what do you think um, the idea of gender opens up and, and closes down when it comes to dance and mm-hmm. I've already started speaking to that but I don't know if there was more than you wanted to say about kind of just how yes what gets opened up and what gets closed down especially when maybe A more expansive um, idea of gender is invited into the room.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it's, I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's a a lot of, yeah, certainly that resonates as well. And and it's like, and I think that also too, it's like, like anything that, you know, there's two sides to to a coin. Right. And I think that like, like in a lot of, I guess, from my experience up to this date, like I've seen ways in which gender can be very limiting, but also ways in which it's kind of, it can kind of open things up. Like, I think that there is, there are ways that you can use bodies doing sort of contrarian things that, like, is really interesting and very captivating. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think it's, like, it's it's so funny, too, because, I like, you know, being in sort of a dance space, like, I've never, I'm not really accustomed to people speaking about, like, I guess bodies in, like, this, like, very, mm-hmm. like, explicit way. Like, people just, like, you know, like, they just, like, are very i don't know it's 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 like you know when you when you see dancers like on a stage or like in a performance or whatever like it's like you're not necessarily getting to know them it's like they're kind of just movies you kind of have you make these assumptions about their bodies about their physicality about their abilities whatever like just like kind of like from what's presented to you so i think that in a lot of ways having a body that's read a certain way doing things that you don't expect for that body to do or dancing with other bodies that you don't expect Mm -hmm. them to be with it's like it makes it like okay like this is there's a there's a piece here there's like a point to be made here and so I think that like gender it doesn't always have to close things down I think that sometimes mm-hmm. being someone that like can be you know identified as like a male dancer being in a certain space dancing in a particular way can be really interesting and very captivating so it's I think it just I and, and, and also I just want to really sort of underline the piece um, earlier in that for me at least like the more comfortable I got with my own gender expression, the more I got comfortable sort of in my, like less so my sexual orientation, honestly, and more so just like my gender Mm
1: -hmm. identity,
0: my gender performance, like that allowed me to even just like explore dance in general. Like as like my sense of gender opened up, it allowed my way to like my movement vocabulary to open up. Like, for example, if I'm like, like the fact that I don't necessarily honestly give a fuck about like, you know, Mm -hmm. if I'm being read as like masculine or feminine or whatever, it just allows me to just, do things more in whatever way that like you know in a way that feels more authentic um I think that sometimes you find that people have a hard time adopting certain types of movement because they're like it feels like oh like I feel like I'm not like not really supposed to be doing this kind of movement or like moving in this way whereas for me I'm just like who cares like whatever like it just, just I think having that expansive sense of gender allows me to just open up and and really just adopt more types of of um movement vocabulary I think that it's been really helpful in that way. So it's like, so, so you see different, I guess, sides of it. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I love how all of those things intersect. And I love that you brought in the idea of like talking about bodies, right? And how bodies are read When we look at a performer, for example, I don't know if you came across, um, there was a, a video that kind of went viral on the internet. I think it was several months ago last year um of a larger size male presenting uh kind of dancer
0: um, mm.
1: and people add all sorts of reactions to that and and it's really interesting to see that intersection and this case was very specifically about the intersection of dance masculinity and size which mm. that was a very um a topic close to my heart because when i i started dancing when i was really young and i love dance but i'm a kind of a larger body, like I have really broad shoulder for somebody who is assigned female uh, at birth, which is not usually considered really ideal, right? A really big Mm. bone, you know, and and more curvaceous, which is not really the ballerina type, Um, Mm. you know, when I was growing up in the 70s, at least. There wasn't as broad, in Italy, there wasn't as broad uh, an idea of what a dancer could look like or what their bodies could be like. And so, yeah, it's, it's fascinating how much um, weight and meaning we give to like all these different intersections.
0: And mm. I wonder
1: if there are other intersections uh, for you as well around dance um, that make, um, yeah, that you've experienced or things um, that are not just about kind of gender, but kind of other parts of your identity and experiences that also feel uh, meaningful for you when it comes to dance.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like, I think, hmm, that's such a good question. So I guess like the other sort of like, I think what's so beautiful about dance is it allows us to open so many different sort of like societal conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. I think honestly, we do ourselves a disservice when we like, you know, for example, like the example you brought up, it's like when we think of someone doing ballet, just having this very like, specific image of what that kind of person looks like and like how they move and all that. I think that it's like, that's so limited. Like in it, like I get it. There's like a historical precedent for why we have certain quote unquote preferences or like, why it's just like, Oh, like, we just like prefer for like ballerinas to be, you know, sort of this like, yeah, there's a kind of classical image. And it's just like, why is it like, I think that for me, it's interesting because I think being someone that is black, that does, I guess sometimes these more, you know, these more classical forms of dance. I think in a lot of ways is very. It does feel very. I'm trying to find the right word here. I guess just like, not rebellious, but like it. it, I like. It feels like I'm challenging something. It feels like I'm challenging sort of a precedent or like a, you know, a historical sort of notion that like only certain types of people who should be doing certain types of dance. I think the more I expand and try different styles that are like very much outside of my level of comfort. Like the first time I took a ballet class, I was like, truly what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm so confused right now. Like, like, girl, you want me to do what? Like, it's just like, it was like such a adjustment, but like being, I mean, just even being in class and just like the optics of the class, often being the only like black or only one of very few black people in class. It's like, it's interesting being in that space. And it's like, like but I can do this too like it's like even though you don't necessarily imagine someone like me like a queer black person in this class like I can still do this and so I think that like for me it's like it's really empower. it can be sometimes a little intimidating and like a little sometimes like kind of a little like isolating in some ways like you know being so like you know out represented like in class sometimes but I think that like you know, when I perform or, like, you know, when I'm in these spaces and, like, I'm doing a certain movement vocabulary that's, like, not necessarily expected, at least historically for me to do it, like, feels very, like, this is, like, I'm, like, no, this is good. This is good that there's visibility and there are people who are doing types of dance that, like, like that were breaking down these silos of, like, who gets to do what or, like, what kind of styles I'm allowed to do or what kind of styles, like, make sense for me to do. Um, it's, like, just because I'm Black and queer. It's, like, yes, like, I mean, I obviously love... You know, like I, like, I can get down with, like, you know, voguing and things like that, too. But, like, that shouldn't be the only movement style that you assign to me based on my identities. Like, I could also do all different other types of styles as well. And, like, that's, like, just as valid. And so I think that it's interesting when you – because, like, I think also, too, even just in the ways that we define dance, there are, like, racial implications to that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that people tend to see, like, you know, for example, if someone's, like, if someone does ballet and they've been doing ballet for a long time, they're part of a ballet company, whatever, whatever, people would be like, oh, this person's a dancer. Like, this is what they do, da, 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 But at the same time, you drop that same person in, like, say, like, a hip-hop class and they don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like, in my definition, I feel like dancers should be multifaceted. And dancers should be not be something that's exclusive. Like, you, like you shouldn't. it shouldn't be only those who do this kind of style of dance can be considered dancers. Everyone else is like, oh, like you know, hip-hop or, like, West African or, like, whatever. Like, like, like that's cute, but, like, I mean, are you really a dancer? And, like, I think that there's, like, these undertones that people make of, like, what styles classifies you as a dancer. And it's, I think, also uncoincidentally, like, styles that historically tend to be inaccessible, right? It's, like, to be mm-hmm. able to do something like a ballet, like, you have to have access to that kind of training, which historically isn't really always accessible for for a lot of people you know I mean financially I mean just even it's expensive (laughs) so it is like and even in my case like the reason why I'm even able to take class as much as I do is because you know I go to studios that have programs where it's like you know they allow you to say like volunteer on a weekend and then in exchange you get free unlimited classes things like that Mm -hmm. things that make that kind of remove that economic barrier um and by virtue of doing that allowing more people to kind of invest in that kind of skill set so I just think that it's really. I think there's racial undertones to everything, and so I think that it's just interesting how we define dance, how we even look at it, and what we see as like a valid form of dance. Even shit. even sometimes like I'll go to like, imp- sorry, I, I'm just on a roll. Like, right. like, <laughs> like I'll be in these classes where you know people will be like, let's like improvise movement, like we're just just improvising, like mm, improv, and it's like everyone just immediately jumps into this like kind of like modern or more kind of like lyrical kind of style of movement. And I'm like improv by definition is literally whatever the fuck you want to do. So it's like, why is everyone moving the same way? And why is it that like, if I move separately from how everyone else is dancing, like it somehow feels like I'm not doing it properly, even though there's no correct way to improv movement. It's it's just really, I just think it's really, really interesting. Um, And so I think that like, for me, it's like, it can, it can show up as a challenge sometimes, but I think that like, like just challenging opening up and challenging what is defined as dance and what's classified as dance is really, really important. I mean, I even a couple of weeks ago, Oh my God, I'm trying to remember this choreographer's name. Oh gosh, the name escapes me, but I'll, I'll send it to you later. And maybe you could even link them in, in the description. But I remember um, at one of the studios that I danced at, there was a show that weekend where there was a, there was a choreographer who, um, who identifies as disabled that like has, his own company. And like, he grew up um, using sort of like various like movement aids. And so like, that's Mm -hmm. kind of how he discovered his own style of movement. But it's interesting because as we were talking about it, he was saying that like, you know, when we think of like dance in the kind of these more classical ways, it's like, it's not really often designed for someone who cannot move their body in a particular way, but who can also conversely do things that like, you know, I guess an able-bodied population can do as well. Like the fact that he's able to use his crutches to kind of like slide across the floor in a particular way that you couldn't do if you didn't use them is, is interesting. Or the fact that he's able to have a range of motion that's informed by that, that like you wouldn't necessarily have, if you didn't have that it um, as well. It just makes it, it just makes it different. And I think the way he positioned that was really important because it's like, it's not like there's this gold standard in this kind of like, Derivative, albeit lesser form. It's like these can exist on the same plane of like Mm -hmm. I move in a different way that you do because of what my body does naturally, and that's fine. That's actually we we can. There's things that I can do that you can't do, and there are things that you can do that I can't do. And like I think it's I think when we position it as lateral, it's really really important. So I think when I when I saw like he like had this whole talk, and I was like, oh my god, this is like so amazing and revolutionary, and I love this, and like this just needs to be everywhere because like it just yeah. So.
1: Oh, yeah, and I don't know if you've ever come across like um, Sins Invalid, which is a broader kind of performance kind of company, which is all uh, folks with disability, disabled folks, uh, mm-hmm. disabled actors, performers, and dancers, and it mm-hmm. you know, and and I, I love what you're talking about in terms of kind of expanding not the cultural vocabulary in some ways, right? So there is individually kind of what can I do and how can I express myself, but then there is this kind of other layer of of what does the culture consider valuable or legitimate right right mm-hmm.
0: exactly exactly and it's just like and I think the more I get involved in sort of the dance world the more you just realize how subjective things are that like mm-hmm. you know it's I think because I, cause I also have been getting more involved with studios that very actively are like you know, every, like dance is something that like should not be exclusive. Like we should like be allowed. Like when people say like I can't dance or like I'm not a dancer, whatever, whatever. We should challenge that notion, that image of what we consider dance to be. I mean, it's hard when you re- when you look institutionally and you realize that like dance is funded in a very particular way, and like there is a particular body type that's like preferential, and like that in turn kind of informs how cultural sees it. But at the same time, when you it's a it's a feedback loop, right? Like if we can create a space wherein people are allowed to dance and be dancers, even though they may not be have like certain movement vocabulary, but like they still have their movement vocabulary. Like every person's innate movement vocabulary is different just by form of us being different people. So mm-hmm. it's like that we emphasize that if that's the fulcrum with which we define dance, and that expands infinitely the ways in which we can like create art, create work, and just like make space for ourselves. Um, so I just think that like that's just all very important i think that social identity has everything to do with dance and i think that we we would be honestly doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't analyze sort of like the racial gender sexuality whatever implications when we like create these spaces um and i think that like in a dance education type of setting or a performance type of setting we should just be very actively trying to make it as accessible as possible and like allowing people the most like like there's not like a necessarily like a norm and like an other to be included, but rather like we're all lateral and we all have something to contribute here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love that that expansion is not, like you said, is breaking the feedback loop so that the expansion can also be cultural. Right. Exactly. Some ways in which, you know, the ways in which what kind of dance uh, is considered more legitimate or is more funded or is, mm-hmm. They're like those are real dancers it's very much to do with class with race with mm. disability right those are <laughs> those are very real things that done uh you know if they're not getting looked at critically they just keep perpetuating you know reproducing themselves in some exactly way. Right? exactly and dance is so i don't even know you know we cannot step outside of culture and dance cannot step outside of culture either right Right. So here in uh, what we now call the US, right? It's so fascinating to see what has happened to dance and how dance is performed and who, who gets to perform what, you know, which has to do uh, a lot with kind of gender and race. Um, and, it's, and then, and then how, how people talk about dance here is fascinating too because when people are like, white people can dance, and I'm like, yes, in the US. But which kind of white people are you talking about? Because mm. I can tell you that my English partner can definitely not dance. <laughs> <laughs> and I always, you know, I have a bicultural child who's half Italian and um half English and <laughs> growing up. She she teases me now. I'm always like, move those hips. Those are Italian hips. That's the Italian. Half <laughs> that is not the English half, right? Because so right. much of this like the way we move as being kind of um Codified is that even a word in English, but you know, mm-hmm. like it—it it has been. Uh, it has, I think, it is. It has been codified through a cultural lens, right? At mm-hmm. some point um, in history, for lots of different reasons, satellite colonialism and all these other things, there are ways of moving that um, have become more or less acceptable um, because of somebody's ethnicities and, and race and you know class and gender and all of that. And those are that those are not necessarily. Inherently in the body, right? I mean, does that, am I
0: making sense? <laughs> no, absolutely. That's so interesting you even say that because I actually remember. So, this actually brings up some memories from, um, so I studied social policy in, in college and so I took mm-hmm. some sociology and like gender studies classes as well. Um, and I remember in one of my classes we were reading this ethnography, um, from this book. I think it was called like Dude, or a fag or something like that. It had like a very mm-hmm. like holy shit kind of like title. And basically, it was this ethnographer who was following this. Um, like this middle school and I forgot where it was but basically she was kind of just like talking about like masculinity as it existed in this like middle school like high school space mm-hmm. um, and it was interesting because they, she was at one point she noted in the book that when it came to dance and movement like among like white boys like it was like considered like feminine or like you know quote unquote gay to like you know to dance at all like to like have Mm -hmm. any inclination towards movement and dancing is what's considered like a feminine thing however that wasn't true when you looked across racial lines um i just thought that was really interesting because like it was like because yeah i just like in my own experience and growing up it's like if you couldn't dance that was an issue it's like oh you have no rhythm you have no beat you can't move what it's like it's like people look at you like what are you doing like is, not, is a song not playing right now like you know what I mean it's, just, it's so, when, <laughs>
1: what, what, what's wrong with you what got broken in in the southern Italy it's the same Sicily. like why would you not dance because of gender it's, exactly. yeah, it's unthinkable
0: <laughs> right and so it's funny because like you know when people say things like you know I can't dance I'm like I think it's like I, I, I think you know environment is everything right so I just always imagine I'm like okay so if you didn't grow up with this precedent or this pressure to like you know, either not move, or if you do move, you have to move in these very particular ways based on, like, your social markers, like, would you still have that assessment? Probably not. I mean, you will, mm-hmm. or at least maybe it will feel, you would feel differently about it. Even if you, like, the way you moved was the same, you would feel, like, I, I don't know, I think that when people say they can't dance, I feel like there's something to unpack there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's, like, a history or a limiting there that, like, has met made people kind of get to that um, assessment. So... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it's such a big part of this like cultural, social, historical trauma, right? I think it's one mm-hmm. of the saddest like wounds of like when I yeah, white masculinity is rigid, literally mm-hmm. in the body, right? Like
0: right. you're
1: not even supposed to dance, let alone kind of any expansion of any other kinds. And it, it's yeah, it's it's such a it's sad. It's really sad when I think about that legacy and how important it is when we break that legacy. Then like you said, there's more possibility. There's more expansion, not just for dance, but just for emotions, for connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. That rigidity, then I think, gets translated in in many different ways, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's just it's so it's just so interesting. It's just so interesting. Yeah, that kind of cultural piece that that defines it. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm curious whether, uh, and I, I know this was not in the. The questions I've sent mm-hmm. you. Many of the questions I asked you were not because that's kind of our role. I'm like, oh, we'll start from these two questions and then we'll just go from there. So, listeners, just so you know, uh, Marcel and all the people our interview are amazing because they just roll with this kind of free-floating conversation, <laughs> um, which I'm very grateful for. But one of the things I'm really curious about is: is there a space or spaces where you feel you can bring all of yourself as a dancer? whether mm. it's performance spaces or social spaces, but is there a space or, or spaces where you can feel like you're your full self on the dance floor?
0: That, oh, I love that question. So <laughs> I guess, so I, so in my experience, and I think that it's just because I tend to find, you know, performance opportunities that kind of align with my values that sort of typically have this like social undertone to them. I actually feel like when I, perform it's a very freeing space because it's one of those things where it's like you know i'm performing you know ostensibly for this audience that like you know is here to consume this movement and it's like in those spaces it's always like you know beforehand when i'm like nervous and shit and i'm like oh my god like i gotta go on stage in like three seconds it's always always, like i was telling myself it's like remember why you do this right like remember why you Mm -hmm. dance remember the authenticity the freedom that like got you into this mode of expression it's not about i mean if you hit all the counts on time and you, like, fuck up them pirouettes and it's litty, like, amazing. But if, like, you make a mistake, girl, it's fine. It's fine. Just keep it pushing. It's not that deep. So it's, like, I think for in those moments, like, my authenticity is, like, kind of what helps me push through any sort of, like, nerves or, like, you know, whatever. But in terms of, like, socially, I think that funny enough. Okay, so do you see, I remember that we used to have <laughs> we used to have these parties where there was, like, this group called... Um, the coven and they would hold these like monthly like queer like witch parties basically like where people would just come together and it was just like literally any goddamn body it was kind of like you know there was sort of like this like queer trans like sort of like centerpiece so like center point to the to the space but it was very much kind of like we're just inviting anyone into the space like you know we like any sort of like ableism like you know fat phobia whatever all that shit is like out the door we're not dealing with that shit so it was very much like the way they crafted the space was like anyone anyone and everyone is allowed in the space and like you know we're making it accessible economically it was just like this monthly thing I don't know if they still do it but when I first moved to DC like I used to go to those all the time and I just loved I loved being in that space because it felt I could be myself in a way that like I still am when I'm in dance, like, social dance spaces that aren't like that, but it was just different. Like, so, for example, I guess, like, typically when I go out, right, like, it's, like, you know, I, yeah, you know, like, I, you know, I go out with, like, all different types of people, whatever. When I go to, when I tend to go out, I guess, like, in a more sort of, like, straight kind of space or, like, with straight people, I notice that, and I think that there's also racial implications here as well, I notice that, like, whenever I dance, like, just very openly like they're playing a song and i'm just like oh this this is my shit like let me just you know whatever like it becomes a spectacle thing funny enough i think this actually happened at the podcast conference like i feel like there were moments where it was like we were dancing and like it became this like oh my god like look at him dance like oh my gosh it's like we're like gonna surround this person and like kind of marvel at their ability to move which on the surface can be like, oh my God, like we're complimenting this person. They can move interestingly. And so we're like, like, it's like a thing. But also I think there's kind of this piece where it's like, I, it feels like I'm performing for people or it feels like this kind of like I'm dancing for them when I'm not dancing for them, I'm dancing for me. And so it feels like weird. And also when you like, when you consider the optics of like this black person in this like center mm-hmm. circle where it's like, you know, this periphery of like white gaze, like it just makes it feel, there's like this like kind of odd minstrelsy there that I'm like, I it makes me really uncomfortable and I don't necessarily know how to navigate it all the time like I'm always like this is because like I was like if they're playing like that boy scoop I'm gonna dance but like it's y'all are making it weird <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like y'all are making it like like I'm still gonna get my life but like uh or like if I'm like decide to like you know walk some categories real quick and like do some like voguing like I'm like yes queen and I'm like but this isn't for like you're like weird like straight thing like it's like i'm just dizzy for me like i don't know i just i think that like sometimes people it's like they have good intentions but they make it when they marvel at you it's like it's mm-hmm. it's very isolating in a lot of ways it's like oh my god look at this person do this thing that i could never do because like why would i ever do that kind of thing mm-hmm. and so there's a piece there that always like it is a little challenging and so i loved about the, the the space that i just mentioned it's like we're surrounded by like other people of color you know like queer folks trans people like all like you know all different types of like um various identities it's like you didn't really find that like everyone was just like there to have a good time to dance to maybe meet someone or just like how you know go out with their friends whatever whatever it was like a space where any and all types of interactions and like sort of dynamics were like allowed but like with that mutual understanding that like we're not on some like white supremacist heteronormative like nonsense. Like we're just going to be here and just have a good time. So it was like spaces like that, like events like that house parties like that, whatever those tend to be the spaces where I'm like, I can just go out and it's just, like a, like, a good time. And also just, like, on a piece that's, like, less sort of, like, nebulously sort of, like, social identity and, like, more just, like, in real time, like, it's just nice to go out with people who, like, can get it. Like, people who can, like, dance and move. And I'm not the only one that, like, you know, like, wants to. Like, it's, like, we just go out with people who have that kind of same energy and that same vocabulary and you're just, like, all living. It's just, like, it, it makes it so much more interesting because it's, like, it's not this whole, like, I'm the only one that can dance or I'm the only one willing to dance or like everyone's, it's like, I'm weirdly the only one dancing. It's like, we're all dancing and we can like vibe and like dance with each other. And it's like late and we're just having a great time. It's like, we're like flowing into like the cosmos and like becoming this like dance, like goddess. I don't know. It's just like, I love like that kind of energy. And so yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really, really interesting. But I, I would say to answer your question, like kind of those like social spaces with that sort of shared understanding um, or even just like kind of, cause even like when I go to like, like, gay bars, for example, like, I feel like it doesn't always feel that same way. It it Mm -hmm. can still feel, like, kind of, like, this weird, like, gender nonsense. So, like, I think those spaces that are kind of, like, you know, queer, trans, people of color-centered that, like, invites all abilities, you know, sort of, like, you know, identities into that space, and there's, like, that shared understanding, and they play good music, it's a bop. So, Mm -hmm. so, yeah.
1: And those spaces are so rare, in my experience. Yes, they are. Or sometimes, I don't know, I'm in Minneapolis, not to to get too political, but you know, we had the space and then it kind of got encroached on by a lot of like white folks, both queer and straight white folks and kind of changed the dynamic and that to be working community, you know, to kind of reclaim that space for what it was meant to be, which was meant to center kind of, you know, queer femmes of of color and like really be kind of more POC centered, even though other folks are welcome. And it does change the dynamic. I, I love what you mentioned about that moment, right? Even at the conference where it was like, it, you know, we're dancing and having fun. And then it becomes this thing that other when other people come into who are not used to being in that space, mm-hmm. in some ways, kind of changes the dynamic. It's, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. We're not used to being in that space, but like, just move your body. It's fine. And not all our bodies are going to move in the same way, but it's joyous. Exactly, oh, the, um, but then it becomes something else <laughs> now it's still joyous but also you made it weird
0: <laughs> exactly it's like, it's like joyous but like weirdly like y, or like joyous <laughs> but like you're just inviting these dynamics where it's like it's like you're making it about you i also noticed that like this might be petty but i feel like sometimes like i have had this experience so often where like i'll be out dancing with my friends whatever and it'll be usually this is like when i'm like dancing with like other people of color whatever whatever mm-hmm. And we go out, and, like, it's usually white men will do this, from my experience. Like, they'll be, like, oh, like, look at me. Like, I can't dance. Like, but I'm putting myself out there, like, woo! And it's just, like, they kind of, like, make it about them in a way, where it's just kind of, like, Mm. if you just want to dance, just, like, dance with us. Don't make it, like, oh, look at me. I'm, like, making a mockery of this. Like, LOL. Mm. And I'm just kind of, like, okay, like, that's fine that you feel comfortable in your body. I'm not saying you should not feel comfortable right now, but it's, like, you're, like, I think it, it, the difference is intention, right? Like, for me, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, whenever I go out to dance, my intention is not to be, like, girl, I'm about to fuck it up and I'm about to be, the like, the baddest bitch in the game. Like, everyone's going to be, like, just, like, floored at my ability to dance. I'm just, like, I just want to dance to good music. That's it. And then people are, like, oh, my God. Like, that's their <laughs> that's their ministry. But, like, that's not my intention. But I think that sometimes you find people that where their intention is to, like, make it about them or to, like, distract mm-hmm. from, like, the sanctity of, like, you know, this sort of, like, queer space and like make it a, like this like joke thing you know what i mean and i think that like I don't know, i just i've noticed that a lot where i'm just like i don't know how to respond to it but i'm always left with the same feeling of like you could just dance with it like you're just doing a lot right
1: yeah. now <laughs> yeah i when you said the sanctity of the square space like i got chills right because it's like yes yeah, it does feel like it feels like a disruption of something like, I don't know, for me, dancing is so spiritual. And it's mm-hmm. like that joy, that physicality, not, not religious, but just like that, ah, oh, that connection. To right. To, with one another, right? You could just be part of it. Why are you? Yes. The disruption of that sanctity. I love that you use that word. That's like, oh. Right. <laughs> I don't even have words. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> just got me by, by right
0: in my heart. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But yeah, so it's just, it's interesting. And like, honestly, I'm like, you know, yeah, get your life. But like, just, just have some tact. Honestly, that's really what it is. I'm just, just, like, just have some decorum. Just like, you know, try not to make it about you. Just like, just be like, just have a good time. And just don't make it additionally complicated for no reason. I guess it's like sort of the takeaway, but.
1: Yeah. No, mm-hmm. I love it. Like have some awareness, right? And, right. and just and of how you enter the space, right? And I love that intention piece that you mentioned. Oh, I feel like I could talk about this forever and hours and hours and hours right. but for the sake of our, of our listeners. And I have done that in season one. So I'm trying to learn in season two not to just go with it and add uh, more episodes because um, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> so is there anything that I haven't asked you um, mm-hmm. that you were like, I really wanted to talk about this, um, mm. in this in this episode. Like, I was really hoping that we would talk about this.
0: Mm. Um, I guess I would sort of love to talk a little bit about, so yeah, like that intersection of like dance and activism. Um, and I guess like kind of what that looks like. And I guess like sort of what that means to me.
1: Yes, please. Um, yeah,
0: like I guess... <laughs> Cause like something that I've been is interesting. Cause like you know professionally, my background is more sort of like is in public health, more specifically in you know working in HIV prevention and things like that. And you know, in that work, I always you know I, I've, I've always been someone that like has sort of been a bit more like slanted towards the creative, who's seen sort of like that you the utility in like crafting you know messaging or dialogue or whatever or programs that like have this kind of creative tilt to it where we're like willing to sort of make that you know to sort of like take risks and to like kind of bring in more populations be inclusive in ways that we haven't been before like that's always been something that like has been really interesting to me and like as I get more to dance I find that there's like this tension sometimes of like you know I think that dance is so important and I realized the ways in which it's like saved my life in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and like realizing that like access to like dance but by extension just like artistic mediums like whether that be like the visual arts writing you know acting whatever like I think allowing people to express themselves artistically is just like super super important and so I think that like for me something that I'm wondering just more about is like like in pro like in the activism work that we do how can we make it such that like we're inviting those artistic mediums into that space. So I think, for example, podcasting is a really great example where it's like, it's like you're using this platform that you've created creatively um, cre- that you <laughs> created creatively, like what that, like this platform that you created um, that like can creatively kind of like bring in so many different like topics. It's like, you're using this platform as a way to, you know, to talk about gender, to talk about all these different issues where it's like, that's really like, I just think that this really dope. And so I guess like as I'm walking as, as I'm getting more into sort of, like, my identity as an activist and as a dancer, that's just something that I'm just trying to think about more often. And I think that, for example, there was this, um, this piece that I was in a couple months ago where we were kind of talking about um, social justice, like, through the lens of, like, Marvin Gaye's music. And so it was, like, this interesting kind of, like, collaboration of like motown like lady hits but also like talking using that as a way to talk about you know the environment to talk about poverty to talk about you know racism mm-hmm. and like you know sexism all these different things and it's just like I don't know I, I as i i want to kind of move into that space more i want to like be able to sort of use you know the way i move and like dance as a way to facilitate those conversations and like also encourage people to sort of have a similar nexus within themselves to sort of see their movement as a way to facilitate those conversations as well. Not just like, Oh, I went to this dance show that talked about this thing, but also like the way I dance or the way that I write or the way that I draw or the way I do whatever can also be a similar conduit to talk about these things, to do something about these things, to respond to these things. Um, and so that's something that I guess I'm just trying to, to to get into more. And so like, I, yeah, I, I guess I, I, that was just like kind of a piece I just want to insert about like how like, yeah, I think that like, I'm more and more seeing like this artistic passion as like less auxiliary, less supplemental and more like kind of central to like the values that I, that I know I have and that like, I want to sort of respond to. So that that's, I guess, sort of a similar commission I would like to kind of offer to you and your listeners of like, if there is something that, you know, you deeply care about that you're really passionate about that might seem incongruent with other things that you're doing or things that you're working on or whatever, like, inviting you to maybe like yeah find those ways in which they can connect because there's no like roadmap to liberation right it's like we like we all are just trying to figure this shit out so it's like if your if your roadmap is like you know what i'm gonna combine like puppetry and like i don't know like conversations around like misogyny into like the space lit get be, be that person that's like you know what i'm gonna use these puppets to talk about like like breaking down trans misogyny, fuck it up sis do that and so that's kind of like I guess the space that I'm, I want to like just allowing people to kind of creatively talk about these things it's just like yeah something I want to do something I'm really interested in so yeah so if anyone any of your listeners want to offer me some tips or some like, tools or whatever like greatly appreciate it but yeah but that's just something I just want to insert that like these that the, the art is central to all of this work that it's not sort of the side thing um but but yeah so
1: I love that you mentioned that because like arts and creativity are so core to us as humans. And Oh my God, I can't believe you mentioned puppets because like, so in Minneapolis, we have had hard, you know, and so every May day, we have this amazing, like, you know, like thousands of people um, come together to witness this community created celebration That's like a, which is like this giant puppet, and there's like, it's always political, it's always as a theme, and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's always been about social justice, as long as I've I've lived here on Dakota, Anishinaabe land, now known as Minneapolis, and it's, um, and it brings together all the different communities that live here, and it is through puppets. So when you mentioned that, I was wow. like, Minneapolis, that's me, Marcel, you need to come visit, you know, just yeah. come stay with me. Like, you need to see Mayday because it's all about that. Like, that's real.
0: The fact that that exists, oh, amazing. amazing.
1: (laughs) Right? So it's like, I can tell you that is so very real. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, in creativity, art just opens up the conversation in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, dancing with people opens up the conversation in a different way. Oh, I love it. I love that you, you brought in this piece. So if the listeners wanted to find out more about what you're doing or your work as a creative person or as a public health person, or is there any direction in which you want to point them to?
0: Yes. So funny enough, actually. So I, (laughs) so a bit of a shameless plug here. So I'm actually in the process of developing, um, uh, my own podcast series with a co host. And so we're looking to launch in sometime next month, probably around like February 14th. Um, it's going to be called Colored Pages Book Club, where we're going to be talking about various, um, you know, typically fiction, um, various works that are by, you know, by women, people of color, like, you know, queer and trans people, like, you know, all different types of, like, you know, social identities. Um, and reading fiction from those artists as a way to kind of have, like, as a conduit to talk about, like, Broader social issues, and there's going to be sort of a tilt towards like fantasy and magical realism, and sort of like imagining what that world of liberation looks like. So, if you're interested at all in sort of like that intersection of like literature and fantasy and activism and all those different things, like definitely check out Color Pages Book Club when it comes out um, soon. I'm not sure when this episode will be released, <laughs> but yes, but I can certainly send you more information on that as it kind of gives fleshed out and rolled out um so yeah so that's certainly kind of the main way that i would love for people to get in touch we also have now an email address um Mm -hmm. called these colored pages so t-h-e-s-e-c-o-l-o-r-e-d-p-a-g-e-s at (laughs) gmail.com um if folks ever want to you know sort of ask for more information we're in the process of Putting, putting together their website things are happening so be on That's the lookout really cool. for
1: that yeah mm-hmm. and is there any social media that people can follow to kind of see an announcement about this either okay. yours or your co-host or yeah
0: mm, yeah so we actually have a twitter page at the moment we're still like we have to like kind of put it we it's,
1: it's a, a process, process. It's, it's a,
0: listen, yeah it's a process <laughs> but um yeah, it's, i think it's so i might edit this later because I, I think this is the hyperlink but it's twitter.com slash i think it's these color pages, but like I'll send you the information on the Twitter so folks can like you know subscribe if they would. Do you subscribe on Twitter? Follow? I don't know. I don't use social media. I'll like,
1: send it to me. I'll put it. In I'll, I'll send
0: it to you, and we could just yeah, like so. Folks, if they are at all interested in when to sort of see when we launch officially, like yeah, and like obviously when we launch, I can send you a notice. And if, yeah, you know, I would love if your listeners could check us out if they're interested. So
1: yep, yeah, please. I, yeah, I'm really excited. I was like, well, that show sounds amazing. And then you'll just have to come back on this show to talk about your show, because I'm pretty sure we can figure out how to make it about gender, because that's kind of what I do. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yes. And like, if you want to, you know, if there are any books that you want to read, like we're, we would love to have guests come on the show. And like, we just have like a little book club kiki, just talk about our, you know, the feelings of the thing. So that
1: yeah. That sounds so, so. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the see, see, listeners. That's how podcasters do it, with just the uh, Just go on each other's show, inspire each other. I love it. I love this. (laughs) Well, Marcel, thank you so much for coming on the show. I for your show to just explode out there and have a great following because it sounds amazing. And also, yeah, I have so much gratitude because dance is such a topic close to my heart and it has so much to do with gender Mm -hmm. and um and also as we're yeah this so much anyway i'm having feelings which i will process by myself or with my therapist later (laughs) (laughs) thank you because this meant a lot to me so i'm very very grateful that you came on the show
0: Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for giving me this platform. is amazing. I mean, one just catching up, like I haven't seen you in a while. So it's like, so good to chat with you, but yeah, but thank you for giving me this platform to really talk about these issues. Cause yeah, it can be, it can be, it can be complicated to, to navigate. So it's nice to be mm-hmm. able to have a space where, you know, I can, you know, not only sort of talk about how I feel, but also speak with someone who like, you know, or a lot of these pieces really resonates with them as well. Like, so that's, that's really, really beautiful as well. So thank you.
1: Thank you. So, I'm just taking a breath into that mutual appreciation. (laughs) Dear listeners, as ever, the shameless plot piece where if you would like to find out more about gender, you know that I have a book out called How to Understand Your Gender, a practical guide for exploring who you are. And there's a new book coming out in May 2019, Life is a Binary. Both of those are co-authored with Mac John Barker. Mm. And keep listening and subscribe on your favorite platforms. You can listen on Radio Public. And if you listen on Radio Public, I get paid for your listen, but you still listen for free. So you can do that if you want to. Leave a review, drop me a line, share the love, let people know that this podcast exists and uh, watch out for an announcement about my Patreon that's uh, coming out um, next episode. And in the meantime, keep dancing And keep moving in any way that you want to. Thank you so much for listening. Yes. Yeah, thank you all so much.